BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The Jane Adams Resource Corporation provides free manufacturing training in welding, computerized machining, and mechanical assembly. Each training program is integrated with support services, including financial literacy, employment coaching, and job placement assistance. Training is available in the Ravenswood, Austin, and Chatham neighborhoods of Chicago. All training sites are currently enrolling new applicants. Visit jane-adams.org to sign up for an application to learn more about how to start your new career today. That's jane-adams-a-d-d-a-m-s.org. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Your Ben Jarofsky show for Thursday, January... That's not oh, correct. Oh, Okay. Huh? Oh, okay, yeah. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Tuesday, January... <laughs> That's not correct. What? What? <laughs> oh, my God, it's Wednesday. Okay. Uh, uh, thank you, Mayor Lightfoot. Oh, let and, it day off. Really looking out for us, D. Your Ben Jarofsky show <laughs> for Wednesday, January 19th, is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago, where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what kind of reefer to smoke, and so much more, including columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky. Is a dentist column coming? No, never. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. J-O-R-A-V as in victory, S-K-Y if you want to help out this program. J-O-R-A-V as in victory, S-K-Y. <laughs> It is Wednesday, January 19th, and this is The Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, legendary Chicago journalist Monroe Anderson, and we welcome back Henry Davis Jr. And now your host, Ben Jarofsky Jr. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Can you imagine me being junior? Wow. Another one like me out there in the universe? That's trippy, man. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Billion Dollar Baby, and here's why. Actually, it should be Billion Dollar Baby Wednesday, and here's why. Man, everybody's tripping. And I don't mean tripping as in tripping. I mean tripping as stumbling. All right. Well, we edited that part out, so yeah. People okay. don't know what you're talking <laughs> Nobody about. Nobody even so, knows about I mean, it. I mean, you know. So uh, headline in the newspaper, $70 billion bet by Microsoft on Activision. Wow. They're paying $70 billion for a company that makes computer games. That's it, folks. $70 billion, billion would it be? We don't even have enough money in this country. I don't get adequate health care for people. We can't even get masks somehow or other to the public school children of Chicago. We don't have an arts program in the city of Chicago. We don't have a dance program in the city of Chicago. I mean, 
I have been writing about inequity in the city of Chicago since 1981. It hardly makes a dent. There's never seems to be any money for absolutely anything that people desperately need. There's high areas of poverty all throughout the city. There's corners of the town. There's huge chunks of the town, I should say, that are crumbling for lack of investment could desperately use money and somehow someone's got 70 billion that's billion with a b dollars to buy a game company you know i would say that someone of course is microsoft i would say that capitalism has lost its mind except of course it really it's not a human being so it really didn't have a mind to begin this begin with it's all madness anyway 70 billion we are a rich country, ladies and gentlemen. We have $70 billion to throw around for Activision. And by the way, I'll tell you somebody who's way ahead of his time. Way ahead of his time. And it's that young man from Alton, Illinois. The man that Altonians call Dr. D. And the D stands for DeMarvelous. Hey, how's it going? And a couple of weeks ago, he did a whole show. Very clever, by the way. Kenny D gave you a huge shout out. Did a whole show about the metaverse. We'd had a lot of fun with that as we counted down the top shows, uh, our, the top news stories of 2021. Remember that, D? Yes. Wasn't that long ago? Yeah. Come on, remember it's not that bad. I do remember it. In fact, I still have the, I haven't taken the VR goggles back. I never went to your place to go get them. So if you, you want to jump in the metaverse real quick before we get Mother oh, sure. Anderson Let's on? Let's get going. Yeah. All right, cool. Grab those goggles. Uh, put them on a little bit. There. Oh, God. All right. There you go. There we go. There we go. Great, great. You got the button turned on? No, hold on. I forgot. Okay, button on. All right, great. Whoa. (laughs) Oh, trippy, dude. I got my goggles on, man. (laughs) By the way, man, you've never played Tony Hawk Pro Skater, right? Activision's pretty awesome. No, I never have Activision. (laughs) Somehow I've gone through... Many years of life without pay, playing activism. My next guest, Monroe Anderson, oh. has never played activism either. We'll get out of the metaverse. Monroe's here. All right. We're out of the metaverse. Anyway, let me just read this uh, from the New York Times, uh, an, an article analyzing the $70 billion deal. Uh, Microsoft framed the deal as strengthening the company's hand in the so-called metaverse. This is from the New York Times, D. You're way ahead of the New York Times so-called metaverse, the nascent world of virtual and augmented reality. The metaverse has attracted huge amounts of investment and talent, though so far is more of a buzzword than a thriving business. Facebook renamed its parent company to Meta last year to underscore the commitment. I think they, uh, I don't know. I, I, thought, I think that was like some slick move. Yeah, trying to move. corner the market. <laughs> corner the market. $50, $70 billion, ladies and gentlemen. For a game company. That's just outrageous. By the way, uh, in other media news, before we bring one, uh, Roe Anderson on, uh, I know Monroe's happy about this. Not quite a $70 billion deal, uh, but Monroe's favorite newspaper, the Chicago Sun-Times, has been acquired by WBEZ. Uh, so we're wondering... How will that, what will that do for Dennis's radio career at BEZ? Will his resume go from the bottom to the top of the pile? I gotta, I gotta refill it out. (laughs) I gotta go put it in again. Uh, WBZ, WBZ, the bright one. It's a new model of um, not-for-profit journalism. The readers uh, using that model as well. Uh, The old models have just uh, they they haven't stood the test of time, ladies and gentlemen, because capitalism figured out that you can make more money 
uh, in a game, a computer game, than you can uh, in a newspaper. And so capitalism goes where the money is, and newspapers are left out in the cold. Uh, and so we got to hope that the WBEZ model works with the, my beloved Bright One, and I'm really rooting for them uh, that it does work. All right, Monroe Anderson. I know you're a huge uh, fan of computer games. Uh, Are you talking about activism, uh, Blizzard? Yes. $70 billion, billion with a B. My my son worked there. (laughs) What? what? He worked past tense, worked there. Worked there. Uh, Yeah, that game he made was really cool. I remember that. Yeah, and then he he worked at um, Facebook. These are all past tense? Yes. Man, now he's I worked at a place called Unity. Which son is this? Scott. The older. Okay. I knew I should have been nicer to those Anderson kids when they were growing up. <laughs> yeah. I, and, and, and what I've done, I've made it a, a practice of buying stock wherever he works. Yeah, he's got the touch. And, and so my activism went up $17 a share yesterday. Look at Monroe. He's Mr. <laughs> Capitalist. $17 a share. Right. Between you and De- Dennis owns like uh, 10,000 shares in activism. So uh, right. he's the richest right. producer. Yeah, I, I only own 300. <laughs> so, 300 shares? Yeah, wow. right. And, and I own none. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I, Monroe, I know this is not... We're we're not going to talk about this, but I think uh, capitalism is utterly insane. Uh, I I, f- I fear for our country when you can rouse seventy billion dollars, raise seventy billion dollars, I should say, to buy uh, a game company, computer game company, and we don't have enough money for the schools of Chicago. I'm sorry, Monroe. I just point that out. I know you go, oh Ben, you're an old lefty. Oh Ben, you're a bleeding heart lefty. This, that, and the other thing. Capitalism's wonderful, but I'm sorry, Monroe. I think this is an insane way to go about life. Would it make you feel any better if I told you that our fighter pilots train on computer games? This is why there's some of the best in the world. No, it wouldn't make me feel any better. I still wouldn't think it's worth $70 billion. And I got to wonder about all the money we spent on pilots. All that yeah, the planes. All the planes, yeah. yeah. The planes are like three I mean, or four million or something. Yeah, way more than that. Uh Anyway, a lot of madness out there. A lot of madness in the world uh, in general. Henry Davis uh, Jr. will be joining us later. I'm going to hold off a conversation that I'm really eager to talk to Monroe about. Um, and uh, Henry Davis said he wanted to weigh in on this. And this is, of course, the phenomenon of blacks for Trump. So we're going to hold off Monroe on that one until Henry Davis can join us because he said he wanted to be a part of that conversation. Blacks for Trump. This You talk about utter insanity. Yes. Blacks for Trump showing up at a, a rally. They get a black guy come to the rally. So he's already standing out enough. And then they put a white T-shirt on the guy. They put a white T-shirt on the guy. Well, you could just to totally humiliate somebody. And it says blacks for Trump. Like the, the American public is so stupid. Just to make sure you got this one straight, Monroe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk. We'll, let, let, we'll, let's let's get, get Henry in the mix. We'll get to Henry because he's dying to talk about that one as well. All right, uh, Monroe. Um, 
Miles, we'll talk a little foreign policy uh, to start with, since uh, you're my main foreign policy guy. Most Americans could not care less about anything that is not happening right in front of them. Uh, and uh, so they're not paying any attention whatsoever to what Putin's doing uh, in, and the Russian army's doing in Ukraine. You, on the other hand, uh, have been following this closely. and you I'm deep, alarmed. Uh, I'm very worried. Go ahead. Why? Why do you say that? Because Russia is going to invade Ukraine. They have them surrounded uh, right now. And more than hundred thousand troops there. And what 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 the development last week or earlier this week, this is Wednesday, yeah, uh, a few days ago, was that uh, Russia started putting um, people inside of the Ukraine that are going to cause trouble to give Russia an excuse for invading them. It's called a, a false flag operation. Yeah. Uh, but but they're, they're all set to go. And, of course, we're th- we've been threatening them with um, um, withholding their money and what have you, uh, uh, sanctions. We've been threatening them with sanctions. But we've already sanctioned them. So this would be more sanctioning. The sanctioning didn't work when they invaded and took Crimea uh, a few years back. When Putin did that, it was during the Obama era. And and he did that and we didn't do anything but uh, apply sanctions. And so now we're going to apply some more sanctions. And that's supposed to stop them. But Putin... Putin said that the worst thing in history was when the Soviet Union was broken up. This is all, all think of all the horrible things that have happened in, in world history, you know, like uh, Hitler. <laughs> and this is worse than that, according yeah. to Putin. And so he's trying to put the old band back together again. Well, I. Um... Monroe, I have a hard time believing that uh, Americans care about this in any large number. And uh, we talked about this. We've talked about this before. We talked about this in relation to Afghanistan. When the United States pulled its troops out of Afghanistan, there was quite a bit of press coverage uh, on that, obviously. And uh, Joe Biden's popularity fell. Uh, And my prediction was that it would fade as an issue in America and has faded as an issue. Americans don't care. Uh, this was just in the news uh, the other day where the um, one of the owners of the Golden State Warriors basketball team proclaimed uh, that he really didn't care about the persecution of Muslims in China. Uh, and then that was like a minor I- issue on, in, the, uh, uh, in the media for a while uh, on the Internet, etc. But I, I, I truly believe, Monroe, that uh, Americans do not care what happens. Well, uh, right, not right now when you got a pandemic going on. And inflation raging. I mean, it, this is all personal right now with, with most Americans. I mean, they are concerned about what is happening to them right here, right now. But these, it's, it's a small world we live in now. Uh, 
it would be the butterfly effect. We have to worry about that. I mean, we we have right now. I saw a story yesterday about manatees are starving to death in huge numbers um, on the east coast because of um, uh, factories d- using their runoff water. Mm-hmm. The, the runoff water from that, and what's happened is you've gotten an algae growing um, over the ocean in that part, and it's killed all the grass underneath because the sun can't get down to the grass on, uh, underneath, and so the manatees don't have anything to eat. And so they uh, some of them have lost as much as 800 pounds, half their body weight. And they, I mean, they're literally starving to death. So we're trying to to uh, rectify that by throwing lettuce in the ocean to feed them. <laughs> that, that, would, that would be like getting you to eat your broccoli. <laughs> it's it's funny, but it's all, only because it's it's like really. Uh, dark satire. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's it's real dark satire. It's like everything is uh, like a episode. If you could take "Don't Look Up" the Netflix movie, which I don't, I, I think you've seen, uh, and turn it into a serial serialized uh, TV show. One yeah. week, another bit of madness. You would add that to the bunch. That and spending uh, seventy billion dollars for a game company. It's a gamble in the future of the metaverse. All right. Well, I, I know we'll be talking about what happens in Ukraine. And I, I feel as though, uh, Microsoft has, has, has a lot of money. $70 billion would be like $70 to you, to them would be like $70 to you. Yeah. No, no, I understand. And they'll raise a lot of money and people will uh, invest uh, in the stock and then it'll get them even more money. Uh, I understand. I just, uh, it's a general principle. I feel that our priorities are completely out of whack. I've always believed that. I, I've studied it mostly, uh, Monroe, in sort of like, like a, a microcosm of the city of Chicago, how we spend money in the city of Chicago. And then when we see the impact of the money we spend, when we see some neighborhoods shriveling up uh, for lack of investment uh, and uh, devastated by crime, and we, we wonder, like, what's going on? You know, like the city of Chicago gets is confronting these issues where some neighborhoods are really poor uh, and uh, really crime-ridden. And, and then they every year it's like they're wondering why. Why is that? This is really, what's going on? And well, pretty obvious to me, it's a byproduct of how we go about our daily life, where we spend our money and where we invest. And where where the jobs are, where the jobs aren't. Yeah. Where the jobs are, where the jobs aren't. So if you just took $70 billion, Monroe, if you just took $70 billion and just how many jobs could you create for that? Like, I'm sure everybody in Englewood and Roseland and Austin. And- yeah, this, this is the problem is today's jobs, what's happening, and it keeps getting worse and worse, is today's jobs are for the people who are either educated or highly educated. 
if you don't have an education, then you, you're not even marketable. And, and what we're doing is transforming that now. When I was at the Tribune back in the early 70s, I did a story about uh, self-service gas stations. How they were, they were, um, it was some gas station on the north side. It might have been the one at Clark and um, LaSalle. I can't remember now. But anyway, I went there and interviewed somebody uh, about it. And uh, that was going to be the, the wave of the future. Okay, so we got that and you lost um, job for people to come out and pump the gas for you. Wipe off your window shell and check the oil. Those jobs have been gone. Now, they weren't great jobs, but they were jobs. Um, when I was a child, I can remember milk being delivered to my house, put on the on the porch, <laughs> and, and you swap jars. You leave the bottle, the empty bottle, and the milkman would take that away and he'd replace it. That job has obviously long been gone. What's happening now in grocery stores is they have more and more self-serve. Yeah. Rather than a human being check you out, you get the, you check yourself out. Yeah. Um, even even with um, marijuana, your drug of choice. <laughs> there was a time a couple of years ago when a young man, ambitious young man, could make some money selling marijuana on the corner. That has been damaged by the legalization of marijuana. Every time you kill an occupation like that, for those, those people who are at the bottom rung of everything, it's um, less opportunity for them. Absolutely. And, and yeah. So slime becomes a solution. Absolutely. And yet we celebrate. We celebrate the perpetuation of all this. We celebrate the $70 billion for a game company, Monroe. We celebrate that. Well, as, as I explained to you earlier today, Scott has had jobs <laughs> at each of those companies. So, <laughs> so he, he's had jobs, but he he's a computer engineer. He's highly trained. And, 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 there will and, always and be a market for jobs for him. Right, exactly. No, he, uh, he flows from one job to the next. Yeah. And what's funny is when he when he when he started off, he's working in Arizona, Mesa, Arizona, at this startup company that ultimately failed. But anyway, he told him he was from Chicago. They wanted to know if he was in a gang or not. <laughs> he was highly amused by that. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's again more dark comedy. <laughs> Not quite sure what to do with that. Why well, you're from Chicago? You in a gang? Hey, you're black kid. You're from Chicago. You in a gang? Right. Exactly. Yes. As a matter exactly. of fact, I am in a gang. Yeah, right. <laughs> the Joyce Owen gang. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the curfew is at eleven thirty. You better be home before that gang. Okay. Yeah, well, I um, so you know, so that's the and, and we keep it. The trucks, you know, while they're talking, we, ha we have a shortage on truckers right now, mm -hmm. and which is messing up the supply chain. Yeah, 10 years from now, there's not going to be any trucking jobs because they already have self driving trucks 
on the highways, on the expressways. And so those are going to be phased out in another 10 years. Uh, yeah, it, uh, automation is the problem. Yeah. People are worried about immigrants. Uh, and, and Yang, that was his uh, issue, if you recall, back in 2019 during the presidential debates. Right. Uh, and yet each one of these moments is, is, is applauded as, as a sign of advancement of civilization. And and by the way, Monroe, you don't know how ancient you sound, and I and I I feel it every every year when you say, uh, "I remember a time when milk was delivered." I'm like, "Oh my god, <laughs> I too remember a time when milk was delivered." I am so old. <laughs> no, by the way, the world has moved too fast. <laughs> yeah. uh, you're. General thoughts, and try not to be too cynical about WBEZ merging with the Chicago Sun-Times. You used to work for the Sun-Times many years ago. Uh, I freelance for it. I'd never worked for it. I All right. Well, technically. Yeah, that's right. You're a, tri- a trip guy. I'm a trip person. Um, and um, though I, Which is not, not really. It's, it's, not really, ladies right, and gentlemen. Right, right. <laughs> not really. Right. <laughs> he was so such a fish out of water at the Tribune. <laughs> Uh, and but you and you've been on Be Easy. Our, our our good friend Richard Steele worked for Be Easy for right. a long time, so right. he would have us on from time to time. Um, so, what are you optimistic about this? Do you think this is going to abode well for both companies? Uh, what's your thoughts about this? I th- I think Be Easy will will survive uh, because it it has a place and it has a fan base that's very dedicated. Uh, I think um, sometimes might end up being seen as a um, obvious mistake. What do you mean by that? That uh, BZ is not going to get enough money in to support the expenses of the sometimes running the sometimes, so they're going to cut them loose. They're going to say, "Well, we tried; it didn't work." And then VZ is going to go back to its fan base. Well, I hope you're wrong. Yeah, I know. I do too. You know, I hope you're wrong. Right, exactly. No, I, I, well, at the rate we're going, we may not have any newspaper in Chicago. Well, actually, yes. what's going to happen is um, uh, ProPublica, is that the name of what's that website? That may become the new Sun Times and Tribune. Or some other operation like that, um, maybe the tribe. Uh, but there'll there'll be there'll be news and somebody covering it in Chicago. But I don't I, I, I don't, I'm not sure that uh, the Sun Times or the Tribunes. Gonna yeah, no, the old model is uh, is clearly uh, going. It's it's passing. It's it's past uh, right. perhaps. Right. And um, uh, I'm not. Uh, crying over that Monroe. I know I make fun of myself because I subscribe to three uh, daily newspapers and I feel as though I do that uh, and essentially because I just want to support journalism. So this is my way of supporting uh, journalism. And I also like uh, as an uh, as ancient uh, ritual as it seems actually getting the newspaper. So I see things like the daily newspaper which comes in but i realize uh that is passing and that uh, perhaps i don't know 
by the time you talk about automated uh, trucks on the highway, we w- there will be no newspaper paper. It'll all be uh, electronic, all be on the internet, uh, and it'll probably the BEZ will be the model. And yeah. BZ, tomorrow, Kenny Davis is coming on the show. Our good friend Ken Davis will be on. And he was, to a large degree, responsible for creating that model way back when in the early 80s with the whole, when he set up uh, WB's newsroom and the listener-supported model for um, a local news outlet. And that's where we're all going. The reader's gone there. We're there right now. Uh, I... Uh, Block Club is there now. ProPublica, to a certain degree, is there now. So that's the future, Monroe. And that builds into your point that if you if you support, if you're dependent on the public t- to support uh, your uh, news operation, to a large degree, you got to give the public what it wants. Do you follow yeah. me? And this gets back to the segmentation of America. Uh, this kind of sort of f- plays into Trump's hand. Because there's less sharing. There's less of a shared community. Well, you know, but, but the thing is, the, the whole idea of, of um, newspapers being fair and balanced, not, not in the Fox sense, but in the, the New York Times, um, L.A. Times fashion, is a modern construct. When newspapers started in this country, it was you you had some money and you were pissed off about something. So you you got out your printing press and you started a newspaper reflecting your point of view for the people who shared your point of view. So that's how news was all the way up and through the um, the the um, penny presses. Penny newspapers, the yellow, um, I'm forgetting what it's called. Uh, but, um, yellow journalism? Yeah, yellow journalism. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, up, up, up for more than 100 years, that's how the, the, the newspapers were. Monroe, I'm going to throw this one at you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw this at you right now. Okay. Right. As an avid consumer of newspapers uh, in Chicago, definitely since 81 on, I could tell you. Uh, that they were never bias free. And I've always felt, and I felt the strongest uh, during the Harold Washington years in the eighties, moving into the daily years. Right. There was such an anti Harold Washington bias right. uh, in, and, in and, the newspapers and, in Chicago. And Sawyer after he became mayor. Yeah. You always remind me of Sawyer, but true. Yeah. It was really actually worse for Sawyer because right. the newspapers, in my humble opinion, wa- wanted to get rid of Sawyer. They, once yeah. Harold died, they were like, oh, yeah, we right. get it back. Exactly. Now, one of the radio reporters um, s- said to um, somebody that I knew in the newsroom that um, we-, we can get our guys back in now. Yes. City Hall reporters, the radio reporters. And, and their guys were uh, uh, obviously the Daily Gang. But Monroe, what I'm saying is like, I'll just give you an example. And Henry Davis, is just going to bring him on in a little bit. Uh, Henry Davis Jr., the pride and joy of South Bend, Indiana. Uh, maybe one day be the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. Would be uh, really ironic, Monroe, uh, replacing Mayor Pete in, in a way. Um, and you can take the credit. 
<laughs> no, he did it all on his own, man. Ben Jaroski alone got him elected mayor. That is not true. Uh, Henry Davis is laughing right now. We'll bring him on, but I just got I got to share this one with you, Monroe. So, um, I I do believe that uh, I believe that the people for whom the newspapers are playing basically are white people in the city of Chicago back in the eighties and the nineties are not even aware of their own biases. Some you are, know, yeah, I would say aren't the overwhelming, which I just yeah. had a conversation with a guy yesterday, Monroe, uh, who will remain anonymous because he did not know, think it would, I'd be talking about it. We were talking about basketball yeah, and, um, he was a white guy, and he was saying that there is no bias uh, in basketball uh, that determines, like, who gets to be a coach or not. And I'm like, right. how the hell? Right. I, I, I couldn't even articulate a word. You know what I'm saying, Monroe? I, right. Oh, I know. But it's, it's, you know, it's, it's just the law of nature that um, – the players are black, but the people who are in charge of, and, and have the long, long ongoing jobs are white men. Yeah. That's just, that's, that's how God meant it to be. I, I, you know, yeah. It's like, wait, so yeah, he was like, well, you know, they just, these guys who got the jobs deserve to get these jobs because they're really good coaches. I'm like, well, is it just a coincidence? All these guys that play the game, none of them could possibly be a good coach. Right, exactly, you know? right, exactly. They were good at the game, but that's right, it. That, right. But they aren't smart enough. Yeah, they're not yeah. smart enough to be. You know, I mean, it's like with quarterbacks. I mean, we're slowly but surely finally reversing that. That where um, blacks can do more than run the ball. Yeah, very slowly, very yeah. slowly. And uh, and for my beloved Chicago Bears, that they always drive me crazy. Way too slowly. Right. Uh, all right. They're let's interviewing. They're interviewing some uh, some some black people. Let me ask you this, Monroe. You're all. You've been a, a Bears fan for many, many years. Yeah, you stay so loyal to that team. Right. It's the one sports team you're loyal to. Right. Do, do you believe the Chicago Bears will hire a black man to be their head coach? Now, they, they had one, Lovey Smith. Had black, they, they, they had Lovey. Yes, I said they, they had Lovey. Yeah, right. So they will do it. They, they have. Okay. I don't think they're going to hire black. They're interviewing some, but I don't, I don't think they're going to hire a black man to be their general manager. Wow. I don't think that's, that's going to happen. I, th yeah, I think I don't we're going to have to have a change of ownership before that happens. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, yeah. But they may, I mean, if, if, if they, if they, I, and see, I, I don't, I've, I'm a Bears fan, not even an NFL fan. <laughs> you know, I, don't, I don't watch other teams for the most part. So I don't know who's out there among the coaches. Okay. Um, sure. That's a, that's available as a black person. There's a trust yeah. me when I tell you. There's a yeah. lot of qualified yeah. uh, candidates who happen to be black. But if there is somebody out there who can win them games, if they're at, because that's what that's what they're desperate for right now, because they want to build that brand new expensive uh, stadium, 
they don't need to win games to get that stadium. The suckers of Arlington Heights. So let's let's bring Henry Davis on uh, to uh, to join our conversation. But I'll, I'll just finish this thought. The suckers of Arlington Heights are ready to pony up the money for the Bears. Bears were terrible this year, Monroe. Absolutely unwatchable, yeah. uh, and yet it didn't deter in any way. Like the articles have been coming out lately. Like who's gonna get? Who's gonna get that Bears stadium? I just read an article in the Sun Times. Will it be the Chicago? Will it be Arlington Heights? I say move them to South Bend, Indiana, and let <laughs> Mayor Henry Davis Jr. negotiate a deal. Uh, Henry Davis, are you there? Ooh, maybe he left. I see his picture there. His mic, Mike. Your mic is off, Henry. I got you now. It's All right. back home. It's back home, baby. How you doing? <laughs> we're, we're doing very well. Uh, hey, Henry. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Doing good. good. So, uh, Henry, before we get into the news of the day, and I've been hold, we held off uh, to bring you in on the conversation about uh, blacks for Trump, which is one of the most uh, cynical uh, things I've seen in a, in a long time. You're a football fan. Uh, your son, your son is a hell of a football player. Uh, do you think the Chicago Bears will hire a black man to be their general manager or, or a black man to be their coach? Go ahead. Chicago hire a black man to be the general manager of the Bears? Absolutely not. I don't think that we've progressed that far in American society. And what do you say? Uh, have you ever been uh, had a conversation with a white person who says there's no more bias in America? I have a friend uh, that I talk to on a regular basis that does not think that there is anything such as racism anymore because he hasn't seen any crosses being burned in someone's front yards and he hasn't seen people swinging from trees. So he feels like that if there is racism, not, not, I, I talk to this guy. I, I swear I, I call him, he calls me. I go hang out with him. He doesn't feel like that, that there is anything such as that type of bias because he doesn't see it. And I told him, uh, I think it was last week, we had this discussion, uh, the irony of the conversation, uh, our, our irony. Uh, he says that he doesn't think that. And I just told him, I said, well, whether you think it or not, it does exist. Right. You just don't see it or feel it because you're a white man. Yeah. With with money and also legacy in our community. So you would never feel it or see it unless it's completely uh, uh, blatant. And and so he went to a, an example in which that he stepped in at a private club where there was a, a black waiter there, uh, Maitre D, as, as a matter of fact. And he said that he had to ripped this other white guy because uh, he called this black guy the N-word. And, and so he took care of it right then and there, and he told that man how he felt, and he told the club owner how, you know, where to get off at, you know, and so he corrected the situation. And, and I just listened to him because he was proud of that. He, mm -hmm. he was really proud of it. He very proud of it. But that is his only example of how racism works. And, and brother, that's called bigotry. That's not racism. Racism is a lot deeper than that, sir. Monroe, what's your distinction between racism and bigotry? Um, race, racism is aimed at me. 
<laughs> and bigotry is aimed at everybody else. <laughs> no, but by that I mean Very there are bigots who don't like gay people. There are big bigots who don't like Jews. There are bigots, you know, there are bigots who don't like fat people or skinny people. I mean, bigotry, you don't like some, something for some reason. But when it gets to racism, is you don't like black people. And, and you know what? I, I believe that as well. I, you know, where I differ, uh, differ with many people is that in the context of racism, it's just not the words that are being hurled. Um, it's the system in which it operates. And I believe everybody participates in that system in order for it to continue on. I think black people participate. I think white people participate. I think everybody that's living, breathing soul participates in the racist system that we are, uh, are, are um, hurt by. We are hurt by racism. Right. And, 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 and there's a legacy yeah, there's a legacy. And I think uh, even more so racism uh, exists not because someone called uh, another person an unfavorable word or even treated that person in that manner. Racism uh, is at its core is economics is economical. And, and, and so if you have the ability to, to put another demographic or a group, in this case, black people in a corner and, and make them uh, subservient to multiple races or even one in particular, uh, whether it's within the judicial system, the education system, uh, healthcare perhaps, and you have the, the ability to control whether they have the, uh, the, 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 the financial gain to take care of themselves in each of those arena. That is, in fact, racism itself being expressed uh, as colorful as you can uh, in, in, our, in our country. That's how I feel about it. In every facet of our life, it shows up. So it has to be a part of the system. Right. Now, there was a story. Uh, there was this woman on, on MSNBC today from Atlanta. She, they were interviewing her. And she pointed out that the, uh, the, 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 the family wealth, um, overall average family wealth of a black f family in Atlanta was uh, $17,000. And the average white family's family wealth, same one, one hundred and seventy thousand. In the mm. black, in the black America, mecca for United States of America. <laughs> Think about right. it. Right, right, right. So to answer your original question, Ben, mm -hmm. about the the black man becoming general manager, no, absolutely not. Hell no. <laughs> I, I I would be really surprised. I share and. Uh, I mean, a, I don't, a, coach, a coach is possible. A coach uh, is possible. I mean, they already, like you said, Monroe, yeah. they already had Lovey Smith. Uh, right, exactly. Although in, improbable there if they can find <laughs> a, <good guy. laughs> a, a coach is possible, but improbable. Right. Uh, and, 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 and it's really hard for me to justify my allegiance, uh, Henry and Monroe, to the Chicago Bears. Uh, I stopped being a Bear fan when the full impact of them choosing uh, Mitch Trubisky over Patrick Mahomes, which has validated everything Monroe said, they chose 
they traded up to get this mediocre quarterback bypassing uh, Patrick Mahomes. I cannot help but believe, but that uh, that that racial bias and, that people deny right. was at play. Go ahead. And they're still discriminating. He, he 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 has a connection to them that uh, a lot of others of us don't have. Who who has a connection to Mahomes? Oh, to the Bears. To, to the to the to the the the, the McClowskis, <laughs> meaning that he's half white at least. Oh, I see. I'm yeah. in Caskies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, halfway. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right. But that was too much. Right. He, the, and 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 I just watched uh, the game, not to go make this into a football show, on Sunday night. I think it was Sunday. I've lost track of time. Patrick Mahomes is running around the field, making these incredible off of one-leg passes while the, uh, the defensive linemen are approaching him. I'm like, how how could you not see this? Right. So uh, so then they took Justin Fields, Henry, and I said, "All right, I'll come back on the Bears bandwagon." And well, they had, they had they, they had a management problem they had to address, and hopefully they will address it. You know, I I loved I loved Nagy as a a a, a management type, and that he was you know he's good to his people. Uh, all that, but part of his job, the part of his job he missed out on was winning. Yeah, winning. <laughs> uh, all right. That's uh, what they pay you to do. <laughs> before before we get to uh, Blacks or Trump, I got to uh, share this with you, uh, Henry and Monroe. I don't know if you saw this, but we're all talking football and we're going to move football into politics. But Nick Saban, Nick Saban, who's the coach of Alabama and perhaps the most successful college coach of this century, college football coach, I should say, Henry, uh, at Alabama, okay, the citadel of racism in the country, in this country, well, right up there with Mississippi, but Alabama with George Wallace, uh, Monroe is old enough to remember George Wallace. Yeah, uh, Mississippi Henry, still got him beat, but yeah, Mississippi, <laughs> damn you, Mississippi. Right. Uh, Alabama but, has me so upset. <laughs> Tennessee makes me lose my rest, but everybody knows about Mississippi. Goddamn, <laughs> very good. You quote the man. That's I can't give you credit. Uh, so, okay, uh, uh, Henry, I don't know if you saw this. Nick Saban, uh, he, he's putting pressure, Monroe. I don't know if you saw this either, on Joe Manchin, uh, Senator Joe Manchin from West Virginia. Apparently yeah. he's a friend of his. Yeah, they're uh, good friends. They're, they're good friends. Good friends. Yeah. Uh, to, um, I, I was astonished when I saw this. Uh, to um, do away with the filibuster, uh, at least modify it uh, for in order to have a vote uh, a Senate vote to pass a voting rights bill. And, uh, and I'm thinking, Henry, wh- he, what doesn't, in the- no, he doesn't want this. He doesn't yeah. want anything done to the filibuster. I Who, mean, he, doesn't he doesn't want it done away with. He wants it modified. I just said that. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, I mean, yeah, no, he's not. Uh, he, the point is he wants uh, the Senate to act on the voting rights bill. That's no. that. Is if if you suspend it or modify or whatever, he just wants that vote because right. uh, supposedly Mansion and Cinema want to vote for the voting rights bill, but they don't want to give up the filibuster in order to do so, which is really bizarre and twisted. They think the filibuster is worth more than the voting rights bill. Let's just right. pause and think about that one for a moment. Right. right. But what is going on with Nick Saban sticking his neck out? 
Uh, is there think, some? Go you, ahead. Do you think he stuck his neck out? I, I, I you know, I, I don't think that he stuck his neck out. Nick Staben is a multi-millionaire. Sticking your neck out is putting your money where your mouth is. For somebody that that, that has that type of capital and that type of uh, appeal to the public. Um, and, and then the idea of modifying it, you know, it's kind of hard going to recruit some of these top grade black uh, thoroughbred athletes uh, when you when you have just literally told their family that they, you know, you, you can't vote. <laughs> right, right, exactly. It's kind of hard, you know, telling them. It's, it's easy to say, well, I'll try, you know, to get them to modify it or uh, and it's easy to go to your your white counterparts that you hang out with, that you drink scotch and smoke cigars with, and say, <laughs> no, I'm serious. This man's world. He, he was better off just not saying anything. Well, you know what? See, I threw it out there, and I exposed my naivete. Because, Henry, you just brought it home to a just what is going on. So it's not like Nick Saban. Suddenly woke up and said, I really believe in voting rights for black people. It's a business. It's business, right. And and Deion Sanders, the great Deion Sanders, uh, is the coach at Jackson State. I don't know if you've been following this, but he has signed. It's a a historically black school. And he has signed two outstanding. uh, Henry, I don't know how much you follow this, but uh, Deion Sanders has brought in two outstanding uh, high school football players to play. Yeah, that last corner, that cornerback was an awesome sign. Yeah, cornerback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, was good. that was good. And, and so, when I, so to me, there's a direct correlation between Nick Saban suddenly waking up and having a conscience on voting rights, and Deion Sanders signing these players. Do you agree with who, me, Henry? Who, right. Who he may have, who he may have had his eye on. Yeah, he, he's trying to respond, but it's too late, buddy. Oh, Monroe, Deion Sanders stole him. I mean, stole him. He took him right because they did the – you should have seen the signing press conference. Well, um, you, tell him, it, it, you know, it's easy for me to say I want to go somewhere where I'm going to be respected and I see people that look just like me that's going to respect me versus going to some meat market where chances are I, I got a, a mixed bag and I got to perform every day. In order for you guys to respect me, yeah, it, it, it's not it's not a hard choice. Yeah, and on top of that, who wouldn't want to play for Deion Sanders if you were a cornerback? If I'm a DB and, and Deion Sanders is recruiting me, and he told me he wants <laughs> to play for him, and we <laughs> what? That's easy. <laughs> a black? Have you ever have you ever been to a black college uh, homecoming? Uh, uh, ben? No. Oh, my God. Yeah, change your life, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Just seen it in the movies. No, uh, God, man, it's better in person. <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> uh, and I remember uh, uh, Reverend Wright, before uh, Obama threw him under the bus, doing a lecture. I wonder you must have seen this lecture about the difference between the uh, University of Michigan uh, marching band and a black uh, college's marching band. Have you ever seen Reverend Wright uh, his lecture or his sermon on the difference between the black marching band yeah, and the white I marching band. I haven't heard it, but I've, I've heard him preach. I've been to his church a couple of times. Well, I urge you to go check yeah. that out. It's yeah. still on YouTube. Right. Uh, he's, he's very good. 
Henry, I know it's too early for you to, to even think about this stuff, but uh, your your son is a heck of a football player. But you're and so you, as you as a father, are gonna have to think think about this when he goes to college. No, he he plays basketball. He don't particularly like the contact that football brings to his life. So, but he he does the basketball thing. Now, you you keep saying football is basketball. Oh, um, I thought he was a football player too. But all right, uh, but he, he plays football. Don't get me wrong. But his sport of choice <laughs> is the one with less contact. <laughs> I don't blame him. I don't blame him for that at all. Uh, so you're going to have to consider this stuff as a parent in a few years. We're considering. You know? We're considering now. We are. We are really considering all of those things right now. Um, high school and college, actually, at the same time. And, and and to be honest with you, Ben, I'm scared as hell. I'm scared. This Why is, do you say that? Well, I mean, not only does he leave our, you know, our, our eyesight and that he's, you know, open to the world and uh, what the world can do to you, uh, good and bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, necess- I want my son to be somewhere where he is um, respected. Respected. That You know, whether he furthers on with the basketball or the football or whatever it may be. Uh, or or not, I still need him in an environment where he is respected. You know, I um I attended uh, two colleges. I went to one here uh, locally. I uh, played NAIA ball uh, the first year of my life, and then I left and I, I transferred to a, a D three school. Competition levels are you know closely related. Um, uh, not a whole lot of difference, but you know some difference. And, and, and um, what I encountered uh, was some of the most disrespectful um, um, white supremacist structures as it related to my, uh, uh, my life as being a student athlete. It sucked, man. <laughs> it really sucked. And, and I don't uh, want him uh, to encounter uh, those instances. I, I think that, you know... Uh, Kids, people, all people, just not black, all people deserve to be in an environment where it's conducive to their growth. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't have to uh, call home like I did. I call home crying a couple times, <laughs> crying. I want to come home because of the mistreatment uh, that 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 you are up against. And that's what I mean about, you know, being scared. I mean, he has to go through it. Do not get me wrong. It's a part mm-hmm. of it. And but, because yeah, because depending on what coach, if he goes pro, depending on which coach he gets, he might have to go through it as a as a play a, a professional player. Yeah, it's 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 unkind. It really is unkind. And if you don't have the wits about yourself, if you don't have the support system at home uh, that you need, uh, I mean, that's why the suicide rate is so high. That's why the alcohol abuse and drug use is so high. Because you have people who are run up against the something that they cannot beat, and they do not have, they do not know how to deal with it. Yeah. yeah. By the way, Henry, just imagine what it was like uh, for Monroe uh, right. in the '60s, leaving right. Gary, Indiana, to go to Bloomington. Something right. Monroe had <laughs> some deep. It was it was culture shock. Oh my goodness. Well, my dad talks about that a lot because he was an athlete. And he talked about, you know, the times that they would go to other high schools or even when he was in college. And you have people in the crowd spitting on you. 
Yeah, and, and they it was like it's, they were allowed to do it. And and the coach, the only thing the coach could do was tell you to uh, uh, to 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 mind your business and and you can handle it. Wow. Yeah. That that uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. See, I, I I went to Gary Roosevelt Henry. So yeah. And you know how they were. The attitude was lose the game, win the fight. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it. Uh, uh, Gary Roosevelt had a great basketball team. They didn't lose a lot of games. Uh, all right, uh, Monroe and Henry. I'm going to start with you, Monroe. I've been. Uh, I just this one is just. I don't. I don't really quite know how to articulate the level of cynicism uh, and depravity uh, involved with the concept of blacks for Trump. Now I understand Monroe and I understand Henry. There are uh, black people of all kinds of political backgrounds and, and political political views and philosophies. I understand it. Okay, I get it. Not all black people are liberals. Not all black people are Democrats, etc., so forth and so on. But for a black man to show up at a Donald Trump rally, Monroe, be positioned right behind Trump so that you're on camera and you will be viewed. And then just in case Americans still don't get the point. To be given a T-shirt, a white T-shirt with black lettering that says blacks for Trump is truly one of the most cynical and depraved acts in uh, 21st century uh, politics, in my humble opinion. Monroe, do you share my opinion about this? Well, my, I, you know, I have a short, a shortcut for that. I call those people self-haters and I'm done with it. That, that, that explains it. Although for the Trump people. I would add and and prostitutes. I mean, they they hate themselves and they and and they will go against their interests and members of their family interests for a little money. And I'm sure it's a little. In fact, Henry and I'd love to get your opinion on this. Looking at those people with the the blacks for Trump's T-shirts on. They looked like they were um, homeless or um, almost homeless people. They didn't, they didn't look like just regular black folks to me. Now, was that my imagination or did, 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 did that cross your mind? No, none of it is natural. If you're thinking with a brain, <laughs> they, they, they never will look normal <laughs> if you have a brain. Uh, but look, uh, you still have people fighting uh, civil war. You have blacks who fought for the Confederacy. Think about it. Yeah, but yeah. not many. But yeah, you did not have many. some. Yeah. yeah, you don't have many Trump, black Trump supporters either. Yeah, right. right, right. But you still have black people fighting for the Confederacy. You know, I, people have their own choices. They have their own logic. You know, sometimes, sometimes I, I wouldn't classify it as logic, but. I mean, they're allowed that. I, I, they, they are allowed that. God bless them, but they, they're allowed it, you know. And, and, and you know, hopefully, prayerfully, um, uh, that they begin to see something different at some point. But, uh, you know, I, I've had that conversation with some of my Democratic Party colleagues, too, here locally. How can you blame them? When you look at the numbers for African Americans, we just got done talking about it. 
and 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 the amount of poverty you talked about uh, down in Atlanta, uh, which is a democratic city, correct? Mm-hmm. Led by black people, correct? Uh, with the household median income at seventeen thousand dollars a year, I, I have to cry foul on that. If I'm supporting a party politically, and, and the party is supposed to be designing uh, laws and policies to support <laughs> uh, my my community, my my family, and, and making my quality of life at uh, to to live at and exist at a higher uh, and more affluent level. If I'm voting you in the office every you know four years, two years, or wherever, whatever that is, I'm going to expect a return on that vote. Which is an investment that that's my that 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 is my um, that's not only my hope that's my expectation that that's Henry's expectation right? everybody else is different that's mm-hmm. my expectation and so when I am having this conversation with my colleagues I say well how can you blame them for not wanting to be in a Democratic Party or even voting. When the reality is still the same or worse than it was back in the 1960s. How can you blame them? You're not showing them any different. Think about it. Now, is it a, is it a slow death or a fast death? Well, we can talk about that one. But at the end of the day, the household median income is $16,000 here in South Bend, Indiana. Think about it, Ben. So we're not too far off. There's a lot more industry and schools and every damn thing else in Atlanta. I'm talking about South Bend where the population is close to 30% black. Atlanta, damn near 100%. And, and you still have the same social economic issues front them as they confront me here in South Bend, Indiana. And you still have a, 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 a Democratic mayor, whether white or black, that's controlling the city. I don't know. Uh, we we got we got a lot of homework to do. Monroe, do you have uh, any thoughts in response to that? No, I I agree with him. Yeah, right. You know, right. So, no, no, no disagreements. Um, this 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 is a problem, and I I remember this from when I was at the Tribune, and a, a report from the Chicago Urban League. Is that you have you have successful blacks and you have unsuccessful blacks. And white people look at the successful blacks and determine that everything is is even Stephen Fair and Square because if if they weren't, the successful black wouldn't be successful. Yeah. You know, I mean you know, they had the same attitude about Oprah. They had the same attitude about Michael Jordan. They had the same attitude about Obama. It's like, well, it's no racism. You know, look at Oprah. Look, look at Michael. You know, look at Obama. Mm-hmm. It's all over. And well, that's crazy. I, I, I would say this. Uh, yeah, and it's so bizarre because as soon as a, a black person, we talked about this earlier, got real power in the city of Chicago, they moved heaven and earth to kick them out and make sure it never happened again, Monroe. Right. Uh, but uh, going back to the point you made, Henry, uh, which is really a very powerful, important point, and that uh, there's there's two issues as I see it. One is the failure of the Democratic Party, as you correctly point out, 
to uh, confront, much less uh, solve all the inequalities that exist in our country and are, exist really obviously uh, in your in your hometown of South Bend, Indiana. And then there's the how do I say this? The utter, uh, the almost like hostile opposition by the Republican Party to anything, anything that would even make a dent in this inequality. So that when you take a black person and put them in a shirt that says blacks for Trump, you're effectively using them to continue and perpetuate. Yes, I agree. Well, he does more than that. It's what he does is by by his having them on display as they are, then it gives him permission to say racist things because he couldn't be so bad or these blacks wouldn't be for him. So he's not racist. He's just telling the truth. Hmm. Uh, air quotes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but I, I think, uh, Henry, the point you made is – is really a powerful one, and the Democratic Party just seems incapable of dealing with it. They don't want to deal with it. In order for them to deal with it, they have to be honest, and they have to deal with the racism within the party itself. Now, let's 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 uh, do a rewind um, back to the Lincoln era. Lincoln freed the slaves. Now, I don't necessarily know. Uh, it's debatable whether it was a. Uh, a uh, business decision or, or, or some sort of, you know, um, God with us decision. Um, but at the end of the day, slavery was abolished under the Republican party. Look at the values in which black people vote. Now you, you can take this to the bank. We are a very conservative people. It's in our churches. Uh, it's in, in the way that we spend some of our money. It, it's in the, how we raise our children. We we are very conservative. There are certain things that we are just not going to do. Although those things do exist, you know, if you ask someone black about, um, hell, you, you ask them about um, uh, uh, homosexuality in the church, they'll lose their mind. We don't do that. Don the choir director probably is, and and, and right. yeah, more than likely he's gay, right? Pastor probably is. look. I'm I'm being honest now. I you know, but at the end of the day, they will tell you that that's something that they do not agree with. It matches up with the Republican Party. A lot of things that we do and we pride ourselves on matches up with the Republican Party because of our way of being conservative. But somehow, some way, during what was the nineteen what uh, when FDR came through here uh, with the, uh, the the public works jobs, and and then thereafter with uh, um, uh, what's the gentleman's name during the civil rights movement? Um, uh, his, his name is eluding me right now. LBJ. Yeah, thank you, thank yeah. you. Uh, some more initials. Yeah, right. <laughs> President Johnson, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 then you start dealing with the transfer of Republican to Democrat because somebody started giving something away. Uh, much needed, much needed, much needed gift. Uh, 
Well, what did did that, Henry, was when the voting rights bill passed. Right. Johnson said that Mm -hmm. we're not going to get we're not going to get the South. He said, there goes the South. Yeah, there goes the South. We're not getting for a generation or two generations. Yeah. It's been more. It's been way more than he guessed at. I mean, they are permanently ensconced in the Republican Party now. Absolutely. So all those Democrats, Henry, that you were just alluding to who fought and resisted, going back to Lincoln, are now in the Republican Party. So, and everybody knows that. You think so? Yes. Absolutely. Donald Trump got, uh, I've watched voting trends in the city of Chicago blackboards for years. Hillary Clinton, John Kerry, uh, Joe Biden, they all went over 90% of the black vote uh, in the, in the city's uh, black wards. I, Monroe, I, I didn't get your thoughts on this. So weigh in with that, with what uh, Henry said. Do you think, the black community is as conservative uh, overall uh, as Henry was saying? In some areas, yes. But the thing is, what what unites us is racism. Yeah. You, you know, Clarence Thomas um, is the most conservative judge on the Supreme Court. This is about 20 years ago, maybe. Some bill, some law, some some case came up about lynching and he turned back <laughs> he, went to, he, he just we had a different Clarence Thomas you know if 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 it wasn't for racism it, it, could, it could be a, a 50-50 situation in, in the black community with conservatives well and- racism yeah if it wasn't for racism but the point I always make uh, and and I've had many guests on the show say the same thing you said, Henry, uh, that the black community is basically a conservative community. And I always come back with this. I lived through Jesse Jackson's 1988 presidential campaign, and he was Bernie Sanders before Bernie Sanders. Jesse Jackson, Jesse Lewis Jackson is a lefty. Right. He's every bit of much of a lefty as I am, Henry and Monroe. He was for national health care before anybody else for. He was for gay rights before anybody else. Well, Dr. King, Dr. King was talking about economic rights right before he was the, the, the night before he was murdered. Yes. Dr. King was a lefty. Right. right. I mean, I'm like looking at all the lefties in the black community who are icons. But that's a, but yeah, but that's the black intelligentsia. You well, know, because, I, well uh, I think the left, some of those things have been hijacked. Now, I, we, I don't think that those things just exist over there and have existed over there because they originated there. I, I think the, the idea of um, working for the people, that your people, my people, um, calls you to um, uh, ask for the things that you deserve, that you need. I don't necessarily believe that there's a left or a right with that. I, I think that there is a, a need thing right there. And so I think that liberal America has hijacked a lot of that discussion in order to um, uh, uh, to, to, to keep that demographic uh, under their thumb. Because if that was the case, then those, a lot of those things would change or have, would have been changed. 
I mean, you're, you're talking about Jesse Jackson. What's that, 1980, early 80s? In 1988. Yeah, 84 and 88. Yeah, I mean, hell, I, I'm, I was born in 79. I'm 42. You know, and so I'm thinking to myself, well, yeah, because those things were popular. So it wasn't necessarily a left or a right thing. It was the, 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 the moral thing to do. And, and so the, these folks come in and they hijack it and say, hey, I'm for you because I am for these things. Well, great. But that doesn't mean that the party itself um, internally carries that same type of argument. If that's the case, then you would have a Bernie Sanders uh, in the president's office. I know he's an independent. I, I, I get that. Mm-hmm. But you will have a, an idea of a Bernie Sanders in, in, in the White House. <laughs> You would have that. I I, I certainly tried uh, to get Bernie Sanders elected. Monroe's smiling. Uh, All right. Uh, Let's shift from uh, Bernie Sanders, the man I supported, uh, to Joe Biden, uh, the the man that uh, Monroe supported. And Monroe, it's a year out. It's a year out. He's been President Biden for a year. And I told you before we went on the air, the Washington Post had this, oh, my God, gloom and doom headline about how he's screwing up. Uh, and uh, how, uh, you know, he, he can't control his own party, et cetera, and so forth. Uh, and um, he's really a down in the polls. And that was their prognosis uh, about Joe Biden one year in. So I'll start with you, Monroe. Get your thoughts. One year in on Joe Biden, is it as bad uh, as the Washington Post says? Or do you have a, a different take? Go ahead. Okay, well, first of all, you've got to understand that liberals eat their young. <laughs> they, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> and so they have this man in, in there who has created, has, has created more jobs than anybody in half a century. Any one president has had more jobs created in his reign. Um, they 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 got the 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 uh, bill bill passed uh, with, uh, with Republican resistance, total resistance uh, to make um, America better again. <laughs> that, that, that the the first the crisis bill I forget the name of it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got one infrastructure bill through. I mean he's had so many successes. He. Um, how many millions of people have been vaccinated as a result of this being there? And what the liberals are doing is nitpicking him and criticizing him for what he didn't accomplish. It's, the glass is 75% full, and they're, they're complaining because it's 25% empty. And, this, and whereas the Republicans... Trump screwed up every which way, you know, from the 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 the, the grab him by the pussy comment on forward, and they're still like, well, you know, he's not that bad, you know, he's, he's <laughs> not that bad. bad. They worship not, him, right, exactly, right, exactly, exactly. So that's the problem we're facing. Uh, by the way, I'm just going to uh, amend your comment. It made me laugh. Uh, de- uh, liberals eat their young. In this case, they eat their old because uh, Joe Biden hasn't been young in many, many years. No, but, he has, yeah, yeah, but he has young ideas right now, young accomplishments. 
Yes, I get your yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. But, I, but I wasn't being literal about that. Either. Yeah. You know, what I meant was instead of taking advantage and, and explo- exploiting the, all these good things that he's accomplished, they're banging, on, banging him up for what he hasn't done. And he's, he's made mistakes, you know, but to quote uh, Sinatra. But then again, uh, <laughs> too few to mention. Way. Yes, <laughs> uh, the great Frank Sinatra. All right, Henry, what's your thoughts on this? Uh, I'm limited on it. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I think Joe Biden has seen his best days. I really have. I really do. Um, I think it's almost a uh, hurt to the party that he's even in uh, the presidency or in the Oval uh, because you're showing that you're you, you have a very limited or you do not have a bench at all. You know, and and that was a fear. Uh, the other fear was is that we didn't want the other guy in there. So, I mean, you know, you choose one or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you, you know, you, you get what you get. Uh, Biden um, has been unimpressive to me um, with some of his picks. Uh, Buttigieg being one of them. Mayor Pete threw the cops after Henry Davis. Good yeah. God. Yeah. 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 Right. How do you talk about racism, right? How do you talk about racism? And you have one, one of the, I don't even know how you're that young and that racist. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I mean, you either, ha- you, you were, you were taught how to be that in your entire life. I mean, the policies that were laid out here in South Bend, uh, the, 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 the way that the police behaved here in South Bend, that still behaves here in South Bend. Um, I mean, the, the, the guy came into office and he fires every black department head that the city had. And guess who he replaces them with? And so... Then you turn around and you make him the Department of Transportation a secretary. If you come to South Bend, you will see our traffic patterns. Mm-hmm. They have to be some of the most obscene obstacle courses that you will see. It's unfair. It, it really, it, it, as a matter of fact, everything west of the river economically has been shut down by the way that the traffic patterns have been instituted. The secretary of Transportation for the United States of America designed this here in this city. And that's your pick? You know, I, there has to be some accountability and some clarity here, sir. Because I, for, for, for the life of me, eight years of that, not just four, not four because four, you, you could be a hit or miss, but eight, we are very clear on who this man is. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you don't, Joe Biden. I, I have no idea how you do not know who this man is. Well, uh, Henry, you're starting to sound like me uh, with, with regards to uh, uh, Joe Biden picking Rahm Emanuel okay. uh, as, I, as the I, ambassador to Japan. You're right. I started with Pete, right? Because yeah. the easiest, that's low-hanging fruit. But even Rahm Emanuel, Laquan McDonald gets shot down in the street. And as a matter of fact, the guy looks like he is it's a guy that the cop cop on his way out of uh, out of prison. I think yes, he is. I read okay, so look, you 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 saw it on camera, man. <laughs> I mean you 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 saw it. 
Wait, wait, Henry, I cannot remember. And I, and it just cannot remember. So I apologize for my, my memory. Who did you support in the democratic primary for president? Uh, I was for Bernie. Was Monroe, the- you were for Biden, right? Monroe was for Biden. Yeah. No, uh, I was a Biden. Who were you for? Bernie man. I was a Bernie man. You were a Bernie man. Okay. Yeah, that's how, you know, we really got, you know, that's how you started liking me. <laughs> <laughs> he was a Bernie. Yeah, uh, you know, I love Bernie. But his economic policies spoke directly to the people that I represent and even yeah. myself, right? Um, another white man looked crazy, all that. Uh, rough, a rough talker, you know, very, very difficult probably to deal with. I'm sure he is. But what he was talking about made a lot more sense to me and the longevity of my life, my kids' life, and the people around me came from burning. It didn't come from Biden. Biden was a safer choice for America because the, the, the pendulum didn't swing all the way to the other extreme point. It kind of centered for us. So that's why America was, like, happy with that. Uh, to put a Bernie Sanders in office, you know, pendulum goes way the other way and, you know, life changes for most people. For most people. All right. Uh, so, Henry, I'm gonna, we're going to... Well, no, I'm not going to close with this because I just got to share this with Monroe. We're kind of going back and forth. I forgot to bring this up. Monroe, yes. I got to get you to respond to this one. The uh, your, your old friend Clarence Page for the Chicago Tribune wrote a column today. Uh, and uh, Henry, you got to hear this one, too. Uh, so Donald Trump at his rally on Saturday uh, put out the accusation uh, that lefties, the left, we're always getting blamed for everything. The left is denying white people the vaccine and that they're favoring the vaccine. They're favoring black people for the vaccine. I'm like, uh, you got to say it again. I, I'll repeat it. This is an accusation that Donald John Trump, uh, the man that the state of Indiana decided uh, should be our president. Because <laughs> I just got to throw that out there. All <laughs> you Hoosiers. I'm, I'm talking to two Hoosiers right now. Good no, God. No, no. I, I have been, I was a Hoosier for 20, 21 years. <laughs> then he got been, out. Uh, I, I've been an Illinoisan. Okay. <laughs> so I just had to throw that Hoosier jab. So, <laughs> so the, the, the accusation that Trump made is that lefties are using their power to uh, give favorable treatment of black people over white people when it comes to the dispersal of the vaccine to prevent uh, COVID. Good. Uh, black... <laughs> First of all, it's good. <laughs> Good. You know how many times we was in the back of the line to get something that we needed? Good. Uh, first of all, it's not even true. <laughs> no, I don't let it be true. Good. <laughs> it's such a bizarre Henry, Henry, as someone who was a press secretary to a Chicago mayor, I would love to see you be the mayor of South Bend. Me too. You have to restrain yourself. Yeah. <laughs> that's the type of thing that an opponent would record and play on his anti-Henry campaign uh, uh, advertising. Yeah. I would would love for them to play that out because I would have a better conversation. No, I mean, yeah, good. I'm good that he believes that black people for once was in front of the line or at the top of the totem pole. We know that that's not true. And, And by the way, I know, I don't believe he believes it. He, I no, know he said not, it. That's just Trump lying. That's yeah, a it's just Trump. position. 
But here's but what's so weird is, about okay, it. But okay, but no, seriously now. This is what Trump is doing. He, the, the, the reason he's this cult figure is he has become the king of uh, white complaints where white people aren't getting this and white people aren't getting that and, and these, these minorities are getting all this stuff. Um, he, he has exploited that. And this is just another one where he's doing it. And what's so bizarre about it is that they're practically begging people in general, white people included, to get vaccinated. And the people right. who aren't getting vaccinated right now, by and large, to a great degree, are MAGA people right. who either don't believe. Well, that's vaccine. another reason. No, and, and no, yeah, right. And that's another reason why he did that was that he 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 wanted to to anger them and. Oh, the government doesn't want me to get a vaccination, so they're going to get one because his voters are the ones who are dying the most in the hospital. They're in the hospital and they're dying. So he's losing voters now. He's definitely running for president, so he wants to cut this nonsense out now. Well, he also helped show how racist America really is. Again, he continues to improve that point. Um, anytime that you can pull that that point out and, and, and prove to the rest of America that blacks are getting better treatment than whites, you saying you saying a whole lot, sir. You, you I mean, you, you're saying and you're saying it in, in, in plain sight on loudspeakers. You're saying it, and and, and so now. How do you even like fix that discussion when you're trying to recruit people to even support you for your next election? You can't fix that. You can't unring that bell. All right. And we're going to close. Uh, Monroe already introduced this. Uh, and uh, you're a councilman in South Bend, Indiana. Uh, and uh Everyone is talking about you running for mayor next year, 2023. Everybody meaning me and Monroe right. uh, and, and everybody I know in and, South Bend. And we're rooting uh, for you. We're, yeah. Uh, run, Henry, run. Uh, so uh, tell people what sort of your thoughts on this are. I know you haven't declared yet. Uh, take it away, Henry. Who said I was declaring, Ben? <laughs> no, uh, that that that's still a goal of mine. That's why I even ran for office back in 2000, whatever year that was. Um, it, it's been some time, so that is a goal of mine. So uh, it, it's uh, it's it's a, it's what I want to do, and that's what I've always wanted to do. Um, I'm looking forward to next year. I, I pray that I get the support and the momentum that I need to even declare for that particular office. Um, meaning um, 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 folks who can work a campaign and also pay for a campaign because it's going to be expensive. Um, you're dealing with a community that doesn't do well under pressure. Uh, South Bend has historically um, done the best they could uh, as it relates to being supporters of the status quo. Um, and that, that means that blacks stay in your place. That means whites stay in your place. That means everybody's, uh, you know, hold hands and sing Kumbaya. Um, 
we don't deal with the major issues that we should. We're, we're, right now, we're dealing with a major lead issue uh, with our homes, lead paint. Now, this is a conversation that should have been taken care of years ago. Uh, but somehow, some way, South Bay, Indiana is still in the forefront uh, of problematic areas as it relates to lead paint being in homes that mm-hmm. many black people are living in. And so um, how does that money get spent and who spends the money in the places to cure the problems that we're having? And, you know, lead presents all kinds of problems with our kids, a tremendous amount of problems. And, and so uh, why are we not, you know, trying to correct that issue? Why are we not trying to correct the issue of making sure that African-Americans are getting their fair shake when it comes to government contracting? Why is that a problem? Why are our our schools, our public school system, it's failing? Now, there's people say all across the board, Henry, uh, America's having a problem. I'm not. I don't live across America. I live in South Bend, Indiana, and 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 our issues can be corrected. It can be satisfied, uh, but we just have to be intentional. We have to move away from the idea that you know this population doesn't deserve you know um, the vaccine. Because of whatever reason that you have or prejudice that you have, we got to start treating people, everybody equally as much as we can, because it's necessary. Uh, I spoke to a guy yesterday who was a retired CEO of a bank, and he was telling me that he spoke, has talked with the last two mayors, uh, last three, actually. And, and, you know, he has spoken with them about their idea of South Bend being better than what it is and growing to where it should be. And he said, he told him, the only way that you are going to accomplish that height, that, that, that feat, is if you have the ability to invest money into the areas that, that, that where it's called Western Avenue is a corridor and Lincoln Way West is a corridor. Mm-hmm. Guess where those corridors are, are at? They're on the west side of South Bend. Guess where your highest population of African-American and, and, and uh, Hispanic people are? On the west side of South Bend. He said, if you do not, now this is a white businessman who's a staunch Republican. He said, if you do not invest in that area, South Bend will continue to crumble. That's the truth. You cannot act like you can chop your arms off and still open the door up. And that has been South Bend's problem. And, and the lastly, you know, and I can be on my soapbox for the next three hours, but <laughs> lastly, um, Notre Dame. They have a lot to say in this conversation. They have a lot to share at the table. You cannot have a, 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 a world-class institution that has a, a, over a $30 billion endowment that lives in, that, that sits in the city with a school corporation that's spelling the way it is, with the economics the way it is, with the, the murder rate being the way it is, and call yourself a world-class institution. You cannot. You cannot. Somebody has to have a come-to-Jesus moment. Um, and, and, and in South Bend and in the Henry Davis administration, we will not only have these conversations, but guess what? We're going to set the goals and, and make our mark because I know that we can do it. All right, Henry Davis administration. Monroe, it sounds like the man's running. Um, come on, fess up, Henry. all right we'll leave it there before monroe has to get his checkbook out uh 
Monroe Anderson, my dear friend, thank you so much. Every Wednesday on the show, uh, Henry Davis Jr., the pride and joy of South Bend, Indiana. Maybe the next time he comes on, he will uh, uh, already be running for mayor of South Bend. Uh, we shall see. Thank you both very much for taking time to talk to me. I appreciate it. Always uh, a pleasure. You. Uh, also want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, the pride and joy of Alton, Illinois, without whom this show would be possible. And as Monroe and Henry will tell you, back home in Alton, they call him Dr. D, and the D stands for DeMarvelous. Give yourself a raise. <laughs> What's up, baby? <laughs> and take it out of petty cash. See you tomorrow, everybody. Next That's next problems. Up. That's next up.